Hello and welcome to the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shorten. First and foremost, thank you very much for all of the subscribers, all of the followers, all the love that I'm getting on this. Um, obviously, again, a little bit of hate as well, but hey, you're not going to please everybody with all of your calls and all of your takes. So that is absolutely fine. I, uh, I back it in um, at the end of the day. So hopefully you guys do as well. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you. If this is your first time, please hit the subscribe button. As of recording, I'm at 67 subscribers looking to grow that to 100 by the end of September um, and looking to obviously grow upon that as we enter the season. If you are listening on Spotify, listening on Apple, and it is your first time, obviously welcome. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe or follow button. Uh, obviously looking to um, yeah, to, to grow a little bit of a, uh, a base here so that we can have a bit more conversation around uh, who we do like, who we don't like, trades, things like that as well. And finally, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, um, growing on that putting a lot more takes on that uh, on TikTok, especially um, looking at different busts, different sleepers coming into this year, comparing or recently compared the breakout year of Malachi Flynn, what I see is coming to be the breakout year of Malachi Flynn and what that looked like comparison to FVV a couple of years back, because that caught a lot of people by surprise. To be honest, I wasn't caught by surprise on that one. And there is a lot of... Um, comparable situations and stats to support Malachi Flynn breaking out this year as well. So yeah, hopefully you can get a bit of that, um, take a bit of that into your fantasy season and into your drafts. But uh, without further ado, we're going to go into the next tiering. So recently I've done point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Now we're looking at the power forwards. So there is always going to be crossover between power forwards and small forwards and with centers. So I'm going to try and filter through that a little bit. And to be perfectly honest, it's probably going to be a shorter one because I think it drops off really quickly. So if you are a league who has got really strict positions, uh, make sure that you're getting your power forwards in the early to mid rounds. Or if you are a league that has, you know, specific forward um, and center slots, that how forward um, center eligible players can fit into. Obviously, same rules apply. So make sure that you're filling up those positions because they are a scarce one this year at the top end. You're going to be able to get lower people uh, further down who, as I go through it, I'll be able to um, look at the ones that I think are going to uh, have better opportunities to break out than others, but there are some in there that are just really solid and that are not going to have worldies or anything like that, but they are going to be uh, really serviceable as you you get through your season. So number one tier um, probably goes without saying, but we're looking at Giannis, we're looking at KD and we're looking at Tatum. So I've been pretty outspoken about why I do and why I don't like Giannis. Giannis is a stud. There's no two ways about it. He's going to anchor your field goal. He's going to anchor your boards. He's going to anchor your points. And it's going to be a really good start to all that. He's reliable. He plays games. Um, and he's going to want to um, to run it back. He's chasing some, some pretty big ghosts in terms of being um, one of the all-time greats. So I think he's going to have another really good year. Obviously, the concerns are around free throw percentage and turnovers so he is high in both of those areas and he does hurt and he does tank and put you into a punt whenever it comes to that so when you are taking Giannis um, which I do think you take him in the top 10 regardless of what you're doing then you got to be mindful that if you do take him early you're going to go into a free throw pump build and if you do take him late make sure that you're pairing him with somebody who's not going to have um, free throw percentages such a high commodity when it comes to their stats so 
uh, I'll try and race through this real quick, but if you're comparing or if you're, say, putting Giannis and um, Devin Booker together, Booker, his value is really reliant upon, shoots pretty good from the field. He's an absolute weapon from the line and will carry a team from the line. Threes have dropped, assists have dropped, turnovers are still high, points are still obviously high as well. So really you're looking at free throw percentage and points are his main two areas that he's going to carry a team. If you've got Giannis or you've got Luca, you're bringing that right back down to earth. So where you need to have a high free throw percentage to win against an opponent, generally speaking, you're really mitigating that with Booker. So I hope that makes sense. I've had a few people ask why why can't you just get some good free throw shooters to bring that up? It's because he tanks so hard that you're mitigating your um, your other players' good stats. So hopefully that works. Hopefully that um, makes a bit of sense. KD, he's obviously one that I, I really like. I've got him as a top three guy going into this year. He's just an absolute stud. Like he's, he's going to play. He might rest here and there, but when he's on the court, he does no wrong. So no issues there. Strong in points. Like, yeah, strong in everything. Anchors you from both percentages. Uh, he's going to get you some nice assists as well. Um, triples. He's one of the best scorers in the league, if not the best pure scorer in the league. So he's going to be really, really handy. And then um, Jason Tatum is the is the next one. So these guys are all, um, I think, power forward, small forward eligible. Jason Tatum, I kind of see him as a mini KD anyway. Plays a lot of ISO ball. Um, is really good at his his boys well, his pickup shots and his pickup threes. He was working with Kobe before Kobe passed away um, on that, and he's really picked up as as Tatum. Um, he's going to get you good boys, going to get you good assists. Like he's a he's a mini KD. He's probably just a bit more. Um, this is probably a little bit more or a higher floor, just with regards to durability um, and his the fact that he won't rest like Brooklyn will win without KD Boston will not win without Jason Tatum tier two this one I've got Anthony Davis got LeBron James Bam Adebayo uh, Demontis Sabonis Julius Randle and Zion Williamson so don't need to go through Bron Bron we'd know about no issues uh, no issues there you know what you're going to get he's probably I still think he's going to play games I just think that he was going to be going in yeah, third or fourth gear just to keep himself fresh, um, but still keeping his stats ticking along and making sure that the team's gelling. AD, I think he's going to have a really big year. Um, I think that they're going to play through him a bit more. I think that Westbrook and him are going to um, have some teething issues at the start, but overall, I think they're going to be really, really strong as a duo there. And I think we're going to see well, AD's coming up the worst year of his career statistically, um, probably in real life as well. But from a fantasy standpoint, the worst year that he's ever had. So I think we're going to see a really nice bounce back and he's somebody that you could probably snag in the early second and will be an absolute stud for you. Bam Adebayo and DeMontis Sabonis, both guys are uh, probably not dissimilar. Shoot really well from the field. Sabonis hurts you a little bit from the line. Bam's really solid there. Good boards, great assist for big men. That's a, a really nice trend with Julius Randle as well. Um and solid points. So I really, really like those guys in the late teens, early 20s area, um, probably early 20s for for both of them and Julius Randle probably a little bit higher. Um, so early or late teens because he does shoot the three really well. Um, and I think that he's going to take another step forward whenever it comes to his 
um, taking over of a team. He's got some more support around him, so I think his assists are going to go up as well um, with Kemba and with um, Evan Fournier. Both can shoot, so I think that um, that'll really help with Randall as well. And then finally, Zion Williamson. So I have never been huge on Zion um, from a fantasy aspect. Um, I was probably... I wasn't big on him going into last year. I thought he would have a worse year than he did. Um, he's obviously an absolute weapon whenever it comes to field goal percentage and points and boards. Um, I think his defensive stats will come. Um, I think that his free throw percentage will increase a little bit, uh, but not a huge amount. And I think his assists will also increase because the more that he plays with that team, the more that he is able to gel with those guys, the more he's going to see where those players should be and where they're going to be and being able to dish out of the post to those guys. So I I think Zion's in for a better year this year. I think he's probably at the lower end of that. I almost had him as a tier three, but I think that the I think that the upside's certainly there for him this year. Um to be more of a playmaker. And Devontae Graham's not not going to be much chop anyway. So I think Zion's in for a really big year. Tier three, Michael Porter Jr., Christian Wood, Tobias Harris, Brandon Ingram, and Johnny Collins. So there's probably a, a few controversial ones in here. Um, MPJ, I was actually going to have him as a tier two. I I really think that MPJ is going to have an absolute monster of a year. I think his points are going to go I, I think he's going to go up across the board, especially with no Jamal Murray for a lot of the year. He is somebody who, yeah, I was going to have in tier two. Um, I very feasibly could be drafting him inside the oh, late second, early third um, in a lot of leagues. So what's up? Early to early to mid-20s or that 20 to 30 range. Um, I don't think he's going to be really, really good. Christian Wood, obviously health is the biggest issue here. I think that he's going to be okay though. Um, they, they, they're going to still run the ball through him. What does really hurt is he's he's a sneaky bad, not even sneaky bad. He tanks free throw percentage quite a bit. He, I think he got to the line about five, nearly six times a game last year um, and was going at 70s. Um, and that really does hurt. So yeah, you're going to get him later, but you need to keep that in mind that if he's somebody that you want, you're going to you're going to need to either have some really good free throw shooters around him or just tank that category altogether. So if you've got Giannis and then you're coming back with, if you're just, if we're just looking at these guys here, you got Giannis, you come back with, I don't know, Zion and then Christian Wood. That's a really solid start. Uh, obviously you've really lent into the punt build um, for free throws and probably for some turnovers as well. And you building a really nice team. But keep that in mind for Christian Wood. He's really solid everywhere else. Just keep in mind his free throw percentage. Tobias Harris spoke about him last week. He's going to be really good. I think he plays his best basketball under Doc Rivers. Um, and if you think about it, he was playing so, he was playing really, really well. Um, where was he? At the Clippers before he got moved on. So I think he's going to have a really good year as well. Brandon Ingram spoke about him last week. He's, he's pretty solid. But John Collins. So... Everybody seems to be sleeping on John Collins. I don't know why. Um, he's just got a new contract. He, the 
ambiguity and the concerns around where he was buying into the team, um, the arguments with him and Trey, all that sort of stuff. He wouldn't have signed on a contract if he didn't want to keep moving forward with them. Um, obviously, they came really close to uh, to something special last year, and I think that they're going to try and run it back. He's got a new contract. Capella's got a new contract. So I don't think that we should be sleeping on, on Collins. He's going to be a top 40 guy. Um, and a lot of places he's going, well, Yahoo and ESPN, he's currently going to kind of mid-60s, which is just money for jam. So don't let that happen in your league. Um, tier four. Tier four is where it really starts to taper off. So Draymond Green, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Chris Boucher, Rashawn Holmes, OG Ananobi, Jeremy Grant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Isaiah Stewart. Anybody who follows me on any of the socials knows that I am big on OG and I'm big on Stewart's. Um, so I won't go through those guys as much. Draymond Green, I think he's going to have a really nice year. I think he's going to have a bit more of a vintage Draymond year because obviously we've got um, healthy staff. We've got a return of Clay Thompson. And I think that they're just going to do what they do best, which is Dray at the top and kind of run it about. Um, they... Who else we got here? Um, Chris, that's Wazingus. So, um, I think that there is going to be some leagues where people take him in like the 30s and 40s, which is just ludicrous to me. Um, he appears to have some sort of an allergy to playing inside. He struggles to stay healthy. When he gets too much, um, well, when he puts up too many shots from the outside, which he seems to like doing. His shooting percentage drops whenever he's not playing inside. Obviously, his, his um, boards and his blocks drop. And overall, I just don't trust him. Don't trust his help. Don't trust his output. Um, I don't trust him at Dallas, um, the way that they're playing either. So I, I don't know if I can get around stats. I, I still think he's a tier four guy based on who we've got around him here. Um, but I don't think I can get around stabs until we hit 70. So um, keep that in mind. If somebody wants, if you are thinking about going early on him, just make sure the rest of your team is really durable and you don't have any players who have traditionally missed time because if you've got one IR, great. Chances are you're not going to have two IR or three IR positions. So, um, so yeah, so you don't want that to be the downfall of your season. Chris Boucher, Spoken about him in the past. I think I spoke about him um, on the the mailbag um, podcast that I did a couple of days ago. And I love Boucher. Boucher was my guy last year. Um, really, really good. Gave me a lot of flexibility to trade away some other bigs because Boucher was uh, a really nice packet uh, that we picked up either off the waivers or late in your drafts. But Nick Nurse doesn't like him. Nick Nurse doesn't like the way he plays, or the way that he doesn't play defense, the way that he is out of position to get blocks. Um, the way that he's a smaller body or a smaller frame, so he can't defend against bigger body centers. So there is a lot of concerns there from Nick Nurse's standpoint. I'm seeing him going in the 50s, um, which I, I think is high. Um, the the interesting thing is going to be Siakam. Um, well, well, two things. Siakam is probably going to go. He's not as part of their um, of their rebuild. He's an older guy, 
um, all of their younger pieces, all the pieces that you think they're going to move forward with are younger than that. And they're not going to be winning it in the next couple of years as Siakam as their number one guy. Um, so that opens up an opportunity at the four for Boucher. Um, probably works a bit better for him there. Um, and then the other one is um, they don't really have anybody else around him there. So um, I missed out somebody last time whenever I was speaking about this, but they've got Ken Birch, who I do like late in your drafts. Um, they've got Freddie Gillespie, who's a nobody. You're not going to know who that is. Um, and for a good reason, he's going to be down the depth chart. And then you've got Precious Achiwa as well, who has got some upside there as well. But again, I think he's down the um, the pecking order. So I like Boucher. I don't know if I could pull the trigger on him at 50, but I like him at 70 range. If I, if I had the choice between him and Staps, I'm taking the upside of Boucher um, and probably the durability of Boucher over Staps. But yeah, I think at at 50, I just I, I have my concerns taking him there whenever you could realistically get somebody like John Collins in some of your leagues. So, um, so yeah, I like Boucher, just not where he's currently going. Sean Holmes, dual position player, more of a center. So I'll talk about him a bit more in the next tiering. OG, he's going to be fine. Jeremy Grant, they, um, so Detroit got um, Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek will take some usage off Grant, but Grant showed what he can do last year. Um, so I do like him. I just wish that he got more on the defensive side um, and his field goal was a bit better, but Grant's a solid guy, mid to late round. And then JJJ is the other one. So I foolishly jumped early and grabbed JJJ last year um, because he was part of my overall strategy. Um, I wanted I wanted him because he stretches the floor and he gets blocks, which I really like. It's a strategy of mine that I like to employ in a lot of places, but he just burnt me so much and his health is always such a concern. So JJJ is has the potential to be a top 50 guy. It's just a matter of if you trust his health. So coming into this year, if he drops, I like him. If he's not and he's going around 50, you're going to have to make that call. Um, and then obviously Isaiah Stewart, I'll speak about in a bit more depth next week because I can't speak about him all the time because people will just start sniping him uh, from me in drafts. So um, yeah, I'll speak about him next week. And then finally, tier five. This is a bigger tier because I just think that there's a lot of players that are at the same sort of level, same sort of um, potential, floor, ceiling, all that sort of stuff. But we've got Robert Covington. We've got Robert Williams, again, center, power forward eligible. Uh, Kelly Oubre, Miles Bridges. Um, we've got Harrison Barnes. We've got Evan Mobley. We've got PJ Washington, um, Kyle Anderson, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, I've got Aaron Gordon, Deonre Hunter, Kelly Olenek, Laurie Markinen, um, Pokachevsky, Darius Baisley, and Nick Claxton. So in the interest of time, I'm going to pick my top three from this group that I think will be able to take that next step up um, and people that if they are there towards the 100 range, um, you should definitely be grabbing. Um, Robert Covington is the obvious one there. So Robert Covington is a game changer and a, a weak winner whenever it comes to um, to the defensive end. He had a down year last year or started down. Um, so there is a definitely a, a chance that people are going to remember that. 
but he's the side of guy that is going to get you one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, um, and a couple of triples. So he is, if he gets has a bounce, sorry, if he has a bounce back year, he's definitely somebody that I will probably be getting. I really like him, and I think that he's in for a, a nice year. Um, then we've got so that's one. Um, I think Pokachevsky. Mm, yeah, yeah, we'll go with him. I there is a, a very real chance that he could play some center minutes. He is a long, long guy, real skinny. If you look at his rookie stats compared to Giannis's rookie stats, Pokachevsky's got him covered. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next. Um, I don't even know where he's from, but um, I was going to make comparisons to a Greek freak nickname there. But Pokachevsky is not going to be the next Giannis. But the the type of game is there. So boards, shooting, um, defense, assists, and OKC okay, so are building a team that stretches the floor. They're building a team with um, wingspan. They're building a team that can. Uh, that is very much a tradition, sorry, that is a new age positionless basketball. So Pokachevsky has all of the pieces that OKC are wanting out of their new team. Um, and he could definitely be somebody that takes that next step up or the next two steps up. It's just what's going to hurt is turnovers and his shooting. He His shooting was horrible. Um, doesn't do it on a super huge volume, but I I can understand if you want to steer clear of him because he does tank it quite a bit. So um, brought with a little bit of danger, but Poku is um, is somebody I really like. And then the next one and the, probably the last one I'm going to speak about from an upside standpoint will be uh, Kyle Anderson. So Kyle Anderson is... Um, he's not a sexy name. He's not a name that, to be fair, a lot of people will pass over him because they don't, A, they don't know who he is. B, he doesn't really excel anywhere, but he does everything really, really well. And the sort of players like a Mikhail Bridges, like a Miles Bridges, um, the, who else have we got in that sort of range that does a little bit of everything well, um, and doesn't hurt anywhere. Um, those are kind of the two names that, that I can think of that are, um, yeah, there'll definitely be others. But um, Kyle Anderson is solid in points, solid in percentages, going to get you three, four, potentially five assists a game. He's going to get you um, a steal and a bit. Uh, he's just super boring. So, I like him at the end of your drafts because he is just going to put out top 70 value and he's going to do that week in, week out, night in, night out. So I really like him um, towards the end of your drafts. Now, the one that I want to touch on that I think could slide and drop is um, is Miles Bridges. So Miles Bridges has all the percent, all of the opportunity in the world or has had all the opportunity in the world. And somebody asked me, um, and I think I spoke about it on either directly on, on TikTok or as part of the mailbag, is this going to be Miles Bridges' breakout year? I don't think it is. Last year should have been that year, and he didn't take advantage of that. They've got healthy Gordon Haywood. They've got um, 
PJ Washington. They've got Plumley. Um, they've got a couple of rookie bigs whose names Vernon Carey Jr. and there's another one um, who will get minutes at some point. Um, they've also got James Booknight. They've got. Um, it's kind of that's probably all the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Kelly Oubre is the other one, and there's just there's just so many people in there for that position. So Bridges. I don't even know where he's going at the moment in terms of um, ADPs or early ADPs, but I'm not high on him this year. So um, fraught with a little bit of danger and could and should go undrafted in a lot of places. But, but yeah, that's that's the tiering. Um, I know that I've left a lot of people out. Um, I, I think that there is players that, I mean, I could have spoken about your, your Blake Griffins or um, yeah, yeah, Al Horfords or any of those really old, boring sort of guys. But you guys know what you're doing whenever it comes to those ones. Leave them. Carmelo Anthony, again, leave them. Um, and, yeah. Otherwise, um, next week, obviously, I'll talk centers. I might do another mailbag this week, depending on how we go with questions. If you do have questions for me, got some trades, got some... Um, anything like that, do hit me up on the socials. Again, I'll be at the end of it here. So make sure you, you do like and you do follow because we are building and we are building towards a big season. And obviously what we've got just under a month left until the season starts. So a couple of weeks now, we are going to be talking drafts. So yeah, exciting times, uh, exciting times. So as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe and catch you next week. Cheers.